20 years ago, I was 21 years old. I was like every young person full of promise, curiosity and potential. I was trying to find my place in the world to figure out a career and make money to find my network and have power to change the world, or at least to make my mark. I was creative and I was bold enough to try all kinds of new things that came my way from poetry and spoken word, to writing in the media, to serving cocktails in five-star hotels and business. Anything I could do to establish myself. But I was at a disadvantage. I was young and I did not know how the world works. It was hard to find a mentor who would walk that journey with me. More importantly, I had many demons to contend with. From always being broke to having lots of insecurities that I tried to hide. And well, not knowing what was important for me to focus on. In my 20s, I could not figure out what success in life should be. Is it having a lot of money, beautiful cars, mansions all over the place? Or is it a family, a nice wife and cute kids? Or is it having all the political power I could muster? The people that I had to look up to were stuck behind the TV screens and they looked like they were from another world. How could I measure up? My biggest demon, however, was that I did not know myself. Why was I so angry? Because I really was angry. Why was I so insecure? How come every other person my age seemed to have it all together and to be doing so well and I wasn't? Over time, it became clear that I was how I am because of how I was brought up by my parents, my grandparents and the community around me. Aha! So they are the culprits who screwed me up. But then I learned that by the same measure, my parents were the way they were because of the people who brought them up and so on. The Swahili elders said, I speak more English than my mother tongues. I have a couple. My aspirations are Western influence. I liked Hollywood movies better than Nollywood and Riverwood movies. I wanted to travel to Washington DC, to Paris, to London, to Berlin, not Malabo, Bamako, Luanda or Freetown. I thought a degree from Harvard or Yale in the USA was better than a master's at Obafemiowolowo University in Nigeria. I was more likely to buy a novel by an American author than I was to buy Chimamanda's books. And if I wanted to support Chimamanda, then she had better price herself so low so that I could buy her book. How did I become like this? I am not a Mzungu, a white man from Europe or America. So why do I have his aspirations? Who am I? Where do I come from? To answer these questions, I turned to our grandparents and sat at their feet so that I could hear their stories. Welcome to Living Memories, the podcast by Al Kags. This is a collection of stories told to me by Kenyans who are young adults in the 1930s, 40s and 50s. Once a week, we release a true story about an ordinary person who lived in the extraordinary times of our history. I hope it inspires you to reach out to a mzee or a mama in your family or community 
listen to their stories and I hope that you write them down. If you do and you want us to read them here, then send me an email on livingmemories at alkags.me. And now, Prologue by Udi Waithaka, who was born in 1930, who spoke to me in 2009. I did this narration. Three days ago, I was sitting by the three stone fire outside my house roasting cassava and sweet potatoes with my young grandchildren as my grandmother did with me six decades ago. In those days, there were no such things as ice cream and the like. As I reflect on my grandchildren's ignorance of our ways of life, I marvel at how much time has passed since those days of my youth when there was so little and yet we enjoyed so much. A loaf of bread was enough to transport an entire household into raptures of joy. Chapati was enough to make children dream of great futures. A calico dress was enough to make a girl feel like a princess. Never mind that it did not come with shoes. I see young people today with so much choice, cars, computers and gadgets of all kinds, food and clothes of all kinds and it seems to me that they take these things very much for granted. And yet at the same time, I wonder why in the midst of progress that has made life so different from when I was born, there are still today many young children for whom bread, chapati, and a calico dress would have the same effect as they did with us in our days. Pleasure came in simple things in those days, just as ambitions were straightforward and simple. While ambitions are so diverse nowadays, I believe that in my day they came in one of two ways. One either wanted to grow into a white man's lifestyle, with houses, not huts, with cars and suits, not skins, with spectacles and waist watches. You know, the life of a squire. Or one wanted to be the local chief, living a provincial life as a farmer, marry a few wives. One wanted to keep life as it was, when each wife slept with her goats in her hut and took care of her children, watching them like a hawk. In this ambition to keep things pure, a sense of justice and order trounced progress and other dreams. I grew up divided and confused by these ambitions. I wanted to go to the forest in 1949 with my best friend Bro to fight the white man and run him out of my country. But I also wanted to wear a suit and live in a stone house and learn English and other languages and drive a car, afford to be precise. I wanted to be a member of the council of elders and at the same time I wanted to be the governor whose face I once saw in my village when he opened the school. 
I wanted to enjoy my roast potatoes just as badly as I wanted to have pudding, which I first ate in 1960. My dreams were confused dreams. I wanted to work in the communal farm as we did in the colonial days when we lived in the reserves and shared everything that we had. While on the other hand, I wanted a big farm where all those who worked there worked for me. I wanted to go to heaven and walk on streets of gold and sip milk and honey. While listening to a harp which I heard in 1976 when I first went to Australia. It did not sound like anything I had imagined. But I also wanted to turn a corner and walk into the village of my ancestors and sit with them and watch our people sip on muratina and gnaw on roasted goat ribs. In my ambitions, I wanted to sit with the elders and learn about our customs and rites and medicines and life. But I also wanted to go to school and eventually go to university in the white man's land and learn about the world. I wanted to live in the village and I wanted the glamour of the city of lights. In a nutshell, I wanted the strength and dignity of an African man, but I also wanted to be as dignified as a British gentleman. Now, in the twilight of my years, as I enjoy my sweet potatoes from the ashes of the three stone fire, I ask myself whether my confusion is the source of all my problems, and if so, what should I have wanted? <laughs>